Blog Talk Radio. And uh, welcome back. Uh, you're listening to the Pan African Journal, a worldwide radio broadcast. And And uh, welcome back. Uh, you're listening to Pan-African Journal, worldwide radio broadcast. And uh, we're talking to uh, Lee Robinson, uh, who is uh, a uh, leader and organizer for the African Awareness Association. And uh, he has been organizing trips to Cuba uh, for many years uh, now. I want to welcome you, Lee, to the program. And we'd like to thank you, my brother, for giving this opportunity to speak to your audience. And we would like to thank you for all the years of services, all the years of service that you have given our people humanity. You always yeah. do an excellent job. Thank you. So could you uh, just uh, give people the details about this upcoming trip? It's taking place in January, right? That's correct. Yes, the African Awareness Association is organizing its annual feeder ride trip. We're doing a what we call a African historical, educational, and cultural travel tour challenge to Cuba from January the 23rd to the 30th. We are actually progressing and what we share and positive forces from our community and just communities to come and join us and be a part of this historic delegation. We said before the 23rd to the 30th of January, the trip will entail a three-city tour in Cuba. We'll visit Havana, we'll visit Nicaragua, and we'll visit Trinidad. Along with the trip, as part of your cultural awareness of change, we will participate in three days in the Havana Jazz Festival, as well as visit various cultural institutions and communities that are dominated by African people. You know, one of the things African Awareness Association is proud of, because we've been organizing these travel challenges and tours to Cuba for over 25 years or more, is that we have built a bridge. Again, we have built a bridge that can unite and connect our brothers and sisters with Cuba and to the Cuban community. One of the things we often think about Cuba, when people travel to Cuba, we normally see everybody going to Cuba but the African community. And we think that's, a, that's an error for not to involve ourselves in the Cuban revolution in the sense of we have a historical relationship to Cuba, and we also have a debt we must pay Cuba because all the things it has done for Africa, African people, and continue to do so. And we'll talk about this a little later. But we bring our people to Cuba, particularly the African community, because most people don't realize Cuba is really an African country. Its culture is dominated by African um, influences. And um, that's one of the things they need to understand. The struggle in Cuba cannot be separated from our struggle here and throughout the African or the Pan-African world. We are one of the same. So therefore, we asking all our brothers and sisters, even if they can't go, get together as a 
with a group, with an organization, with a church, with an institution, and find that maybe a young brother or sister or woman or youth to come and go and see Cuba for themselves. Because Cuba is a model that we can learn from. It's a model that shows us that there is another alternative to reorganizing a society where human beings can be true, can be free and allowed to develop to their fullest potential. Yes, it is a model for that. It is a model where you actually see how how a democracy can work and should work. It is a model to see what it feels like to be in a society that has principles and values, to understand that to be human, you should have the right and access to housing. To be human, you should have the right and access to food. To be human, you should have the right and access to education. To be human, you should have the right and access to understanding that the purpose of knowledge is to advance humanity and not to advance individuals or to just to use knowledge as a tool to acquire your things. Cuba has so much for us to learn, so much for us to um, gain from. And you need to have this particular experience. And once you do, it's a life changer. It will change your life. So those are just some of the reasons why we are asking our community and communities of love and communities that are seeking justice to come with us historical occasion. Yeah, you mentioned um, the history of uh, an alternative to capitalism and imperialism, and that, of course, is socialism and Pan-Africanism. Could you just talk about the fact that uh, African people were enslaved in Cuba uh, as well as they were in the United States and Brazil and Jamaica and other areas in the West? Yes, you know, ever since the early, early, late 18th century, early 19th century, you know, when one talk about the Berlin Conference, one of the things in 1884-85, one of the things what that conference did was um, they came together as a collective group. We're talking about the European, European nations to decide and to agree upon collectively how to control Africa and African people, then and their future. And when you look at this particular history, where Africa was carved up and Africans were dispersed all over the world, that's where we went, based upon by force, to enslavement. Cuba was one of the places, such as the U.S. was one of the places, such as most of the South American countries were some of the other places, where our brothers and sisters were dispersed. So when we talk about this whole question of Pan-Africanism and this question of this question of um, the African diaspora, we can't separate our problems. They're all one and the same. We all were enslaved by Western imperialism. Right now, being led by U.S. So what we're saying to our brothers and sisters, if you study the history of Cuba, when Cuba was at its peak, about to get its independence in 1898, the U.S. intervened and stop them from getting their independence. U.S. has always had a policy and an ideal in which they wanted to subjugate Cuba and make it become another one of their so-called colonies. Well, the Cuban people, they have never forgotten their history, and they know their history. 
And what the Cuban people have been able to do on January the 1st, 1959, is through all the yoke of um, this, this, this imperialist oppression and this, 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 this behavior of trying to subjugate the people. They created their own social revolution, and they realized that the best form of system that one can have at this stage of human development is created socialist society, where they first and foremost understand that all human beings should have some sense of humanism, where they see man and woman as equal. They see human beings as something as not being a means to an end, but being an end within themselves. They seek to understand that when you develop principles such as collectivism, humanism, egalitarianism, when you look at these kind of things, understand human beings need to be educated, need to be fed, need to be housed, and even more importantly, need to be organized because Cuba is a very organized society. These are the qualities that allow human beings to continue to grow. As a result of continuing to grow and continue to develop, you will continue to create and make a better world, not only for yourself, but also for all of humanity. And this is what Cuba has done. This has been in history. Uh, as, a, as a press advocate here living in the SNCs, we know that we owe Cuba a debt because ever since Cuba independence, its inception from 1959, they have, in court, they have integrated themselves in the Cuba, in Africa, in Africa liberation. They have been there for various African liberation movements, whether you're talking about in the Congo, whether you're talking about in Guinea-Bissau, whether you're talking about in Angola, whether you're talking about in Zimbabwe. The Cubans have been there, and they have made major contributions towards many of the African liberation movements. When you look at the suffering that African people suffer in the civil rights movement here in the United States, Cuba was a haven for our political prisoners who was able to leave and escape and go to Cuba and were protected at the time where the Quarantine Pro and the U.S. government was planning to assassinate many of our so-called political prisoners during that time, such as uh, Alvis Cleveland, Brother Kwame Ray. Right now they, they, they're hosting and being protected, Asad Shakur, and there are many other political prisoners that people have gone to Cuba where Cuba had aided and protected them. So Cuba has always been an ally and a friend to African people here and throughout the world. Even during the time of Katrina, where we lost many um, brothers and sisters because the U.S. failed to organize itself to get our people out of harm's way, the Cubans were available to come in free of charge to set up hospitals to help nurture and aid our people back to proper health. But because we are so disorganized inside the country, we could not create the climate that would allow our brothers and sisters to come and support us. But, we, but they were there waiting to help us. Right now, most African people in this country don't realize in the next 10, 20, 30 years from now, most of our African doctors will be trained in Cuba. Cuba has to develop a school called ELAM. It's a medical school where they will take in people from all around the world, youth, and train them how to be professional doctors. And they have spots for young U.S. African students and students who are part of the oppressed communities here to go there and receive a half a million to a million dollar education to become doctors free of charge. Now, one of the things about Cuba, 
Now, most people know, if you don't know, that Cuba has an excellent medical infrastructure, medical system. They train some of the best doctors around the world. So when you go to Cuba and you come out with your credentials in, which, in whichever discipline you may choose in the medical field, the whole world will respect you. So this is just one of the many gifts that Cuba has done and is doing for African people and people in general. This is another reason why we should go to Cuba and show our respect to our brothers and sisters. Yeah, I know here in the city of Detroit, um, we had an organization called Doctors for Detroit where we recruited a number of students to uh, go to Cuba and study medicine, and they were successful in uh, completing their studies. Uh, So, yes, definitely a major contribution considering the cost of medical education now in the United States. I wanted to ask you, what was the role of the United States in Cuba prior to the revolution of 1959? (laughs) The role of the U.S. in Cuba prior to 1959 was to be and function as a colonizer. They dictated the total aspect of the Cuban lives, was economically, politically, socially. They dictate the lies, and they wanted to maintain the um, slavery system that has been established when the Europeans first got there. This this has been U.S. foreign policy all along when it comes to Cuba, will make them secondary, even less than secondary citizens, but 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 mainly make them or put them in a position of of servitude where they would just constantly have to serve their interests. And their well-being, and this is what the Cuban fought against. This is why the Cuban uh, organized themselves ahead of revolution. The changes from a what you say a, a, a capitalist system into a system where the people will ultimately have the power and the means to make decisions and control their own lives. In 1961, they chose socialism as the path that they want to seek that would dictate how they will govern themselves and move forward. And, you know, in this country, a lot of people have a bad um, a bad conception of socialism. Well, you know, go to Cuba and just look at them, experience it, and see how, how socialism look and feel. And then come back and compare the two lifestyles and what you experience in Cuba and what you experience in the United States. And you tell me, well, not if, if that's a bad system. You tell me if they're not a system more just for human development. If you tell me if that's not a system where human beings um, display more cooperation among each other, more respect among each other, more unity among each other. These are the things you see and feel when in Cuba under their social system that they are continuing to build and improve upon. Yes, you're talking about free medical care, the mass production of healthcare workers where they have actually actually have community health care. Doctors do house visits. They send doctors internationally, uh, like around the Ebola virus outbreak, the uh, COVID outbreak. Could you talk about the internationalism of uh, Cuba in this period? Well, you know, the internationalism of Cuba can be seen through their foreign policy. We stated earlier that um, – as a matter of fact, you know, one thing, one thing I, I, I came aware of Cuba about 10, 15 years ago 
is in, in the field of medicine. One thing that Cuba, the Cubans are doing very quietly that people don't realize is that they are playing a major role in trying to help Africa develop an infrastructure in the field of medicine so they can begin to, um, you know, take care of their own people medical-wise. They're only training doctors, but also they teach you um, teach administrative skills in terms of area of medicine, but they teach all the kind of things that a country needs in order for them to be able to do self-sustain themselves in the field of healthcare. And they are doing this all throughout the very all throughout the continent of Africa. When you when you look at Cuba, the crisis the the, the crisis that's been going on for the last at least twenty years or more in Haiti, earthquakes. Uh, you know, the, um, breaking out with various uh, diseases and stuff. Cuba sent another brigade to Haiti to help their brothers and sisters in Haiti. You know that crisis and stuff that they even help even when crisis happened. The recent um, COVID that took place in Italy and many other European countries. Cuba sent doctors there to help aid and assist. When you look at the, the issues that are going on in Central and South America, countries who need need medical assistance, countries who need um all kind of things. The Cubans send their expertise. They send out their, their, their experts free of charge of these countries to help them to overcome some of the shortages or some of the disadvantages of not knowing how to to do. So Cuba is a, is, is, is a beautiful country in terms of when you look at um, their policies in terms of this question coming to human development and human coming to human, aid human beings to um overcome all kinds of difficulties that they may confront. And you can see this, you know, like I said, global all over the world. Even here in the United States, um, you know, Cuba take people in periodically to um come there to get operations. Like they have certain rare eye diseases where the US don't have solutions to the diseases where they can go to Cuba and be properly treated for it. Um, they are sharing that scientific um know how and research with uh with the world that's including including the United States, you know one of the things people got to understand when you talk about Cuba and the love that Cuba has for humanity is that the Cubans will tell you that they know how to discriminate. They have problems with the U.S. government and with capitalism, but they don't have problems with the U.S. people. They love the, the um the U.S. people. So those who listen to this program don't get it twisted. The Cubans do not see you as their enemy. It's the capitalist system that they view as the enemy is that in which they are fighting. Yes, and you mentioned uh, some of the people, revolutionaries from this country, uh, like Asada Shakur, Nahanda Abiodun, and Robert and Mabel Williams, and so many others that have uh, sought refuge there and uh, been supported. Uh, so, yeah, this is, this is an ongoing uh, process of solidarity. And uh, what has been going on in terms of uh, the the U.S. attempts to destabilize Cuba? We remember uh, last summer, well, about a year and a half ago, uh, they tried to make it look like there was some type of uprising going on in Cuba, and uh, the media was just saturated uh, with information that the Cuban government was suppressing the people. How do we counter this type of uh, propaganda here in the United States? Well, you know, Speaking of some of the things that historically they have done in Cuba, outside of trying to assassinate their leadership, Brother Fidel, for over 600, more ta- 600 times or more attempts of, on his life, 
speaking of this, the gorilla in the room, we're talking about the U.S. blockade, um, which, you know, we said blockade, we don't say uh, embargo, because blockade is, is having an impact on forcing not only U.S. citizens not being able to communicate and to trade with the Cuban people, but the rest of the world. This blockade is causing serious problems inside of Cuba from the point of view of, one, many of the medicines and, and basic equipments and tools they need to um, upkeep and run out medical system. They have shortages, and they can't get them on the international market because of the U.S. policies, the blockade they have against Cuba, and other countries scared to or fear to trade with them because they feel like that, you know, they'll be hit with fines and also they'll be denied some things that they need, you know, as a nation. So what they're doing is trying to scrape the whole Cuba in the point where they cannot get no economic assistance in trade and force the people to submission to turn against their own government. In Cuba, part of this blockade, it is affecting the people in the sense of since for many people right now today when I'm speaking to you, they need you to have surgery. Because they can't get certain medicines and don't have certain equipment because of the blockade, these surgeries have to be put off and the people are, are, are suffering. Even when you look at also when you look at this issue of um I was just looking at something last night, which I thought would be interesting in terms of talking about the the intensification of this of this blockade and this this oppression against the Cuban people was this this this, this policy um, of now extending to European countries where they used to have a time or a policy where Europeans could travel to the U.S. and they didn't need no visa; they can come straight through. They had they had a policy what they call I think the concept called ESTA. E-S-T-A is is an electronic travel authorization form where you fill out you don't have to have no visa. But now the U.S. have decided that in order for any Europeans who want to come to U.S., if they go to Cuba, they will not be able to come to U.S. or get a visa. They will have to at least sign up for it, and they will have to approve it. And what this is doing is trying to push fear in Europeans from traveling to Cuba to hurt them financially in terms of economic trade because Cuba have a large European tourism sector. And now they are forcing Europeans not to come to Cuba so they can spring hold Cuba even more. Not only are they doing that, but they're also doing that to Cuban citizens who may also be on the same program who come here, thinking that being on this program, they can come here and go back to Cuba. What they are doing now, which is very cruel, is they're allowing Cubans to come in under this program, and once they get inside the United States, they, they take the program away from them, and if they not, or if they don't have this particular um, policy in existence, they cannot travel back to Cuba. They are stuck in the United States and creating a lot of hardship. They're creating so much hardship of these people because they can't get back to Cuba. Many, some of the Cubans who came there to visit, they are now forced to stay here. This is a way like putting them in jail, a real sophisticated way of jailing you. So these right. are some of the things that are going on, and the question becomes, as a people in this country, as a just people in the country, as Africans, countries Africans, you understand all that what Cuba have done and continue to do, we must find a way to figure out how do we create the climate and create level inside the United States 
to force these reactionary institutions, government institutions, to not only put an end to Cuba, to, 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 to blockade Cuba, not only to take Cuba off of the terminus, not only to give their land back Guantanamo, we must make sure in the future that these kind of policies could never be invoked on the Cuban people again. And the only way we can do that, um, Brother Zikwe, is first we must have a serious political education campaign and program daily on educating our people on Cuba, its history, and its relationship to our well-being and our survival. Now, when you talk about political movements, and Rob, you said movement, Cuba is very important because Kwame Nkrumah taught us that when you are a pan-Africanist and you begin to analyze the world, you have various levels of zones. You have zones that are liberated, you have zones that are contested, and you have zones that are held under the enemy. We understand in order to make the best problem, best contribution and to create a process where we further down the road to, get to, to eradicate imperialism, capitalism, Zionism, and all these systems that destroy human beings, is to protect our liberated zones in terms of first priority. Cuba is a liberated zone. It's free to make its own decisions. There are only a handful of liberated zones in the world. Oh, I would say less than a handful. I don't think no more than two, three, two, two or three liberated zones at this point in time. And Cuba is one of those. So strategically and politically, this is something that we must come to understand why Cuba is more important. To lose Cuba today, to lose the liberated zone today, will be a serious blow, not only to African people, but to the world. So Cuba is a liberated zone, and under liberated zone, these zones must be protected because it's under these zones that can be that can be used as a tool to help further aid and assist other other zones that are held under the enemy. So this is another reason why Cuba is is, is, is special and you must come to his aid. Right. So uh in the last uh, few minutes, we have about three minutes. Could you uh, let people know how they can reach you if they're interested in going on the trip or if they're interested in contributing uh, to the trip? Yes, thank you for this opportunity, my brother. Yes, this is, uh, we are the African Awareness Association, and um, you can reach us, you can email us at, at emails in all small caps, African, all together, African Awareness Association 2, the number 2 at gmail.com, or you can call us at 804-549-7492 or 202-714-9435. Now, the African Women's Association is a political, educational, Pan-African organization, part of the Pan-African movement. We was created in the early 80s. Our role is to create a vehicle where we can connect our peoples around the world to get to know each other. This is why we have chosen Cuba as one of the strategic points to make sure we integrate ourselves with our brothers and sisters in Cuba. We are building a bridge to unite us. Now, we also come to ask you to not only to do work around to go to Cuba, but also to come back and organize um, groups to 
constantly do political education programs to educate our people and the rest of the various communities about Cuba and create the climate where we can force and put an end to this unjust, illegal, and moral blockade. You can also find out a little more about our organization. We have a website, and we're in the, in the process of updating it, but if you want to check out our website to get flavor with our tours we look like, you can go to www.aaa-cuba, C-U-V-A tours, C-O-U-R-S dot com. Now, on this tour from July the 23rd to the 30th, we will tr- travel to three different cities in one week. We visit Havana, we visit Trinidad, and visit Matanza. Also, we visit three days as part of the Havana Jazz Festival. Yeah, that's a treat. As well as visit various African communities, meeting the people on the ground. So this is a very unique type of tool and programs that we put together. So we ask all of our brothers and sisters, please give us a call. Come and join us. Bring in New Year 2023 by making it something special. Uh, come come with us on this travel challenge to Cuba. And if you can't go, be supportive. Find a group or organized church. Tell them to donate or send someone to come to come with us. And you can support us also by making a donation. You can cash up us at dollar sign, capital L, small e, small e, small c, small r, small o, small b. You can send it to a cash app, or you can make a check and money order to African Women's Association, Inc., P.O. Box 4433, Richmond, Virginia, 23220. Again, you can email us at African Awareness Association 2 at gmail.com, or call us at 804-549-7492 or 202-714-9435. Africa, when Cuba call. We have to call Cuba answer. Now, Cuba need our help. We must be there. Brothers, sisters, people all, people just community, come and join us. Let's make our contribution to, to Cuba. And on that note, we can do that. We can do that. It's just a question of our will. Come. Help make us make this contribution and come on the street ride. Well, thank you, uh, Brother uh, Lee Robinson of the African Awareness Association for coming on, and uh, we'll talk to you at a later date. And thank you, my brother. And when we come back, we'd love to give a report. We thank everyone. Most definitely. All right, have a good week. All right, forward. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.